During this last week, this past week, we learned that the Biden administration has uh, secured enough doses of the COVID-19 vaccine to vaccinate every person in the United States who is at least old enough to get the vaccine and or is willing to get vaccinated. Over 600 million doses. We also learn that the vision is that all those doses will be administered by the end of July of this year. In essence, just five months. That is incredible news. That is wonderful news considering all that has already happened. Uh, that's the great news. That's the big picture vision for where we're going. But it will still take an enormous amount of coordination and hard work before that vision is realized. For example, unexpected circumstances can arise with the winter storms that we've had that hit Texas and most of the U.S., some of the plan has been delayed. Shipments haven't gotten through, appointments were missed. Reminding us that those in charge of the big picture, the overall plan, have to constantly maintain focus on that big picture, even while adjusting to immediate circumstances, circumstances and situations but this constant focus on that big picture and making that vision a reality. However, isn't it nice to feel like there are now competent, caring adults in charge? Granted, it will not all go perfectly, but at least now I feel like we have leadership at the highest levels of government who know what they want to do, have the skills to make the vision a reality, and will stay focused on the plan until it's done. In the story this morning that is our main text, Jesus's behavior has often been interpreted as being rude, even just flat out mean. But I think that much of the intensity of this story arises from Jesus's fixed focus on God's grand plan. Jesus knows what he has to do. He is uniquely gifted to do it. And he is determined to see it through to the end. There's also a, a critical uh, cultural component that we will look at that has caused much of the confusion about what Jesus is up to here. But the primary motivation for Jesus in this and so many other interactions is staying focused on God's plan, God's plan of salvation for the world. So as we see this story, it reminds us, as we hear this story, it reminds us that as followers of Christ, we too must stay focused on Christ 
and following the way of Christ, even while adopting to our specific situations. Probably the major cause of confusion in this story is typically the cultural misunderstanding of verse 27. Jesus says, first, let the children eat all they want, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. The way this translates into our language and culture, Jesus sounds uh, a bit like the former federal official who has recently retired to Florida. It sounds like Jesus is calling this woman a dog. And... That would have been a slur, even in Jesus' time. This woman was a Gentile. And at the time, if a Jewish person wished to be insulting to a Gentile, they might very well have called that person a dog. In the Greek, translate, or in the Greek word, kunon. But Jesus did not call her a kunon a dog. That is not the word that Mark records. Jesus used the word kunarios, which has a very different connotation. Kunarios is the word that is used for indoor dogs that are pets. Notice it's feed the, the bread to their dogs. It's, it's the family pet that it lives indoors. It's a little bit like the difference between us talking about someone who is the B word versus Fido. There's a big difference in the connotation of those two words. William Lane, former professor at Seattle Pacific, explains. While Gentiles are sometimes described as dogs by the Jewish tradition, particularly with reference to their vices, there is no parallel to the use of the pet dogs of the household in this pejorative sense. Yet Jesus' statement and the woman's reply depend upon that nuance in the diminutive little dogs, is essentially what they're saying, like puppies which are admitted to the house and can be found under the table at mealtime, in contrast to the yard dogs or the stray scavengers on the street. Jesus alludes to a current domestic scene, particularly in a Hellenistic household, which is her culture. She's part of a Hellenistic household and the culture of where this story is located in the region of Tyre. So this is a a typical scene for her culture. The table is set, the family is gathered, it's inappropriate to interrupt the meal and allow the household dogs to carry off the children's bread. So Jesus is not insulting the woman. Jesus insulting the woman would be completely out of character. And this is one reason why I chose this to do some research on this passage because it has typically been used to to place Jesus in in a role that's very out of character for him. 
And we need to look at those when, when something seems completely out of character based on all sorts of other stories, we probably are missing something from our side. And that's what happens here. Every other instance we have of Jesus acting, interacting with a woman on her own reveals him uplifting and encouraging them. Just a few weeks ago, we looked at the passage of the interaction with the woman who had an uncontrollable hemorrhaging. And there are plenty of other stories as well. There's the woman caught in adultery who's brought before him and he defends her and says, hey, anybody who hasn't sinned, be the first to throw a stone. And then he says, go in peace to her. The woman who breaks open a jar of very expensive perfume, even the Gentile woman at the well who was living with a man unmarried, who, with whom she was unmarried. In each of those stories and others, Jesus treats the woman with dignity and respect. And that is true here as well. Jesus uses this illustration of a dinner scene the woman would be familiar with to let her know that to grant her request would be to take him away from his main priority, the main plan, God's major plan for salvation. Jesus is radically committed to seeing through the plan that God has proclaimed since essentially the beginning of Israel's recorded history. In God's plan, Jesus will bring reconciliation with God and salvation to the entire creation, including all human beings. But he will do so through God's covenant people, Israel. God made a covenant with Abraham and Sarah centuries prior to Jesus' appearance on earth. God made this covenant with Abraham and Sarah that God would be their God and the God of their descendants, and that Abraham and Sarah and their descendants would be God's chosen people. And through them, the nations of the world would be saved through the descendants. That's what we hear in our other two scriptures from this morning's reading. Isaiah's vision. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the chief among mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, Israel. God will teach us God's ways so that we may walk in God's paths. The law will go out from Zion. The word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations. They will beat their swords into plowshares. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. All will be brought together. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Even Paul says this again and again, and he's writing to a lot of Gentile Christians in Rome, accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jewish people on behalf of 
God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for God's mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. Rejoice, O Gentiles, and with God's, with God's people, the covenant people, Israel. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Sings praises to God, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse, whom followers of Christ believe is Jesus, will spring up one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him as he came from Israel, the Jewish people, the covenant people. This is God's plan of salvation. This is what Jesus came to earth to bring about. Jesus' sole focus is on making this vision become reality. The woman who comes to Jesus in our story this morning is a Gentile. In Jesus' plan, his followers will be the ones to bring reconciliation to the Gentiles. Jesus' primary work is to reconcile God's covenant people, Israel, to God. That is the key first step. Then, through Israel, the Gentiles will be reconciled. Notice, Jesus even being in this area, Tyre, the area of Tyre, which is Gentile country, him even being there was meant to be a momentary retreat from his work. In verse 24, Jesus, Jesus left the place where he was, in, I think it's in Galilee at the time, and he went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he couldn't keep his presence secret. He had just had a really difficult turbulent scene with the Pharisees, even his own disciples, and he was trying to retreat from his immediate work. So Jesus's response to this woman's request isn't the insult that it is often thought to be. He's mostly trying to say that it is not yet time for him to give himself to the wider world. In verse 27, that's why we hear, uh, first, let the children eat all they want, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their little puppies that are their pets. It's a little bit, it's a little bit like what is happening in our own society now with the distribution of the vaccinations. Eventually, the goal is for nearly universal vaccinations. But physically, there is simply no way to vaccinate every human being at the exact same time. So the plan is, the big picture has been, to vaccinate certain categories of persons first, whether it's because of greatest risk or those who suffer most, and then expand out from there. Now, sometimes I know it seems like we should just open up the floodgates and let whomever gets in line first get vaccinated. But those who have more expertise in this type of thing 
have a plan. And in the end, it will likely be more effective to see that plan through. Now, with the vaccination plan, we're dealing with human beings, and so there are plenty of reasons to second-guess the plan and the strategy. But in this morning's story, we're dealing with Jesus. And since we're talking about Jesus, we can be thankful that he knew what he was doing and he stayed focused on making it happen. And we can also be thankful that the woman in this story also had a vision. She had a vision for her daughter being healed by Jesus. And she stayed focused as well. She understands that her request doesn't fit in neatly with Jesus's intentions. And yet, she trusts Jesus enough to believe that he can figure out something. And that's why her response is so great. Yes, Lord, I, I hear what you're saying. But even the puppies underneath the table eat the children's crumbs. Come on. And Jesus, again, honors the faith of someone who is considered an outsider. This Gentile, this Gentile woman, he again honors and respects and treats her with dignity. For such a reply, go ahead and go. The demon's gone. He sees her, the faith that she has in him, even in the midst of the obstacles that seemed to be before her. And he honors her and dignifies her faith. Again, I find William Lane's summary spot on. The woman clearly felt no insult in the comparison between children of the household and the pet dogs. Instead, she neatly turned it to her advantage. The crumbs dropped by the children, after all, are intended for the dogs. In fact, I, heard, I read one thing about how uh, part of the bread was used, because people ate with their hands, part of the bread was used to essentially absorb the stuff that was on your fingers, and then you, then you literally just tossed it to the dogs for them to take care of it. So, the crumbs dropped by the children, after all, are intended for the dogs. Jesus' comparison is not rejected, but carried one step further, which modifies the entire scene. If the dogs eat the crumbs under the table, they are fed at the same time as the children and do not have to wait. Indeed, let the children be fed, she's saying, but allow the dogs to enjoy the crumbs. There does not have to be an interruption of the meal, for what she requests is not the whole loaf, but a single crumb. The acceptance of the comparison, the clever reply, and the profound respect for Jesus in her address show that her confidence in his power and goodwill has not been shaken. Her interpretation of his statement bore eloquent witness to her own humility and her simple trust in his power to confront the demonic when all help fails. Both the woman and Jesus stayed focused on the vision of God that they had and adapted to the specific situation.
We need to hear this thing, type of thing, over and over again. It is so easy to get distracted in life. There are so many interests and ideas that can divert our attention from what is most important. I can quite often feel like the dog in the Pixar movie, Up. Many of you will remember that he had a special collar that could translate his thoughts into English. In the movie, there are numerous scenes where he's expressing some important idea, and then he suddenly stops and says, squirrel! And then he's off, and he's chasing the squirrel, right in the middle of whatever it was that he was talking about that was so important. Squirrel! That's the way my mind can feel. There are so many worthy pursuits out there. But often they can take me down paths that lead me away from the most important, from the big picture, from God's plan, the big things, loving God, loving others. Now, part of the reason I feel a particular kinship with the dog in the movie Up is because his name is Doug. Doug the dog. Over and over again, The scriptures remind us to keep our focus on Christ and the way of Christ. Feed the hungry. Shelter the homeless. Heal those ill in body and mind. Visit those imprisoned. Bring justice to the oppressed. Bring light to those in darkness. Mend the brokenhearted. Speak hope to those downcast. That is what we are called to focus on as followers of Jesus Christ. In our own homes, in our neighborhoods, in our places of work, wherever we are. The world will have other priorities. But Jesus and the woman in this story remind us Remind us to stay focused on God and the ways of God. Amen.